Well, hello, world. Hi. It's your absolute favorite horror movie podcast, and all the known multiverse is dead and lovely. Here with your best buds in all the land. Why, it's me, Uncle Ben. Me, Hollywood Steve. And I'm going to tell you guys what. Last night, we went and watched ourselves a brand new moving picture. Yeah. It had sound and uh, color. I didn't see the band, but there was a band there, there playing sound. There was music sound. playing. Yeah. Crazy music, too. Crazy. Some pretty wild yeah. stuff. Wild. I don't know how they how they pulled it off, but by God, they sure <laughs> did. I think this, this whole movie picture business just might catch on. It might catch on. It it's might. It's a multi-sensory experience. If they'll move out of that desert out there in Southern California, <laughs> nobody's ever moving out there. No chance. No chance. <laughs> And uh, we wanted to give you guys a little mini episode on it, as we like to do whenever mm-hmm. there is a noteworthy horror picture that this hits is of the note screen. for sure. Because we just went and saw Jordan Peele's new flick, Us. Oose. Oose, which is, of course, his follow up to Get Out, his yep. directorial debut, mm-hmm. which was absolutely phenomenal. Yep. Uh, we Great did an movie. episode on that a little while back. Yeah, last, last February, February, I think mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, of course, just riddled with, with subtext yeah. and racial and social commentary and stuff. Right. We loved it. It was absolutely amazing. Uh-huh. Uh, so going into this, I would say that I had very, very, very high hopes. Me too. Yeah. And yes, yeah, it's, it's hard to avoid the dreaded sophomore slump. That is true, yeah. Number two can't always be the best. Exactly. I mean, look at John Carpenter. He made Dark Star, and then how did he follow it up? Well, he followed up with Assault on Precinct 13. He nailed it. He did did pretty good on that one. Yeah. Weezer, though, they did. Well, Pinkerton. Yeah, Pinkerton pretty much nailed it. Hmm. Is anybody actually sophomore slumping? Creed. That second Creed album. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) We all know that, right? We all know that to be true. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you what, as we go into uh, talking about this flick here, we're going to first break this thing off with a spoiler free, just heads up. Of if you should mm. see it or not. Yep. And then after that, we're going to give you guys a warning and just spoil the ever living yep. dog shit out of this thing. So please pay attention. We don't want to spoil it for you because you yeah. should see it just Un- uninitiated. With no idea what's going on. Yeah. Because it's, boy, it's got some great tension, especially when you don't know what's happening. And, you know, as we talk about it, I don't just want to compare it to Get Out. It seems like a lot of people's reviews. Yeah, well, there's no reason to do that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, because it's easy to let those expectations uh, flavor your view of a flick, where it's right. like, I loved Get Out, so I'm more likely to like this. Right. Or talk about how it's not as good as Get Out, so therefore it's not good. Like, yeah. It's just lame to do it that way. I think everything yeah. has to be reviewed on a movie-by-movie basis. Um, whenever, around the time that uh, Get Out came out, yeah. Jordan Peele tweeted, Get Out is a documentary. Mm. Around the time that Us came out, Jordan Peele tweeted, Us is a horror movie. So, yeah, yeah. in compare, I mean, yeah, Get Out... I get what he means by get out as a documentary. Like, you talk not, about the social commentary and stuff. But and it's not like, necessarily scary. Like, yeah. get out isn't really going for scariness. Right. right. I mean, well, I mean, imagining yourself in that situation oh, yeah, is, yeah. is frightening. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it was going more for documenting social issues. Yeah. Uh, and so, just taking what he, the subtext of what he means when he says that us is a horror movie, mm-hmm. we have to remember. We probably went into it thinking there would be a lot more social commentary than maybe he wanted to be in there. Sure. Uh, There is still a lot of social commentary. And I'm glad that he did it that way, too, because 
especially as a guy that's kind of new to the horror genre, right? He could have. Uh, I mean, let's just use like M Night Shyamalan for an example, right? Where it just became okay. What's the twist going to be? Right. Going you into expect, every new movie. Yeah. Right. So if you if he if he makes it some very obvious sort of racial message, yeah, like Get Out has, though Get Out has much deeper subjects oh, sure. and stuff. Uh, if he gives us some obvious message, then it again becomes a documentary, becomes more social, political yeah. commentary. And he wanted a movie that would scare people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he said that in interviews that he wanted to make a movie, a horror movie, he wanted to make something that would scare people. And this does that. Yeah. Like the audience, just the audience reaction. Oh, Watching man. it on a Thursday night. It everybody was, was into it. There was so many. Oh, shit. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> yeah. So in the great. movie theater. It was good. Yeah. It's definitely one that you want to watch among a bunch of people. Yeah. On like a crowded night. Mm-hmm. And there was some stuff in this movie that was very unnerving. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, like the first probably 15 minutes of the movie. The first opening sequence that we get, the kind of flashback and right. stuff just made me feel so weird it made yeah. me feel extremely strange it was yeah. like really quiet a lot of uh-huh. the camera stuff was really still yeah a lot of darkness unnerving yeah it's it, it did it, it leaves you worrying about what could be there yeah and then when you do see what is there it's even more alarming like <laughs> yeah instead of like a lot of horror movies building up tension and then it, like it being undercut by some innocuous thing in this case, it's like, no, no, no. It's scarier than you thought it was. Right, like, right. Let's cover a few of the things that we can talk about that are non-spoilery. Yeah. So let's just talk about some general stuff about the flick. Right. Like the, 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 the cast of actors sure, and stuff yeah. like that. It all centers around a family of four. There's a few yeah. side characters the stuff. The Wilsons. Mm-hmm. But it's mainly just mom and dad and the two kids. Right. There's a couple of like friend characters and stuff. And this isn't really a spoiler because if you've watched a preview, you know there's like doppelgangers of everybody yeah, the preview up. sets out the basic and and we won't get more in depth yeah. than this really yeah the preview sets out that it's a family and a family of doppelgangers shows up outside their house yeah and then there's a line from the the previews that i think is going to be one of those iconic horror movie lines like they're here and i see dead people yeah where the the young son says there's a family in our driveway yeah and that is the moment like in the preview where it's like everything sets off but that's actually the moment in the movie where everything sets off yeah definitely up to that point it's just a setup like a family that seems to be having you know a normal family time the dad makes dad jokes the mom's a little worried about some stuff that happened in her past there it's all normal up to that point um and then that's when things very quickly set off yeah and it gets like yeah um things to it'll remind you of probably like the strangers or sure. uh funny games something like that yeah, yeah i think so there's just a lot of like yeah. torment but there's so much more to it than that yeah definitely the preview so. makes you think that the movie is all that and that's actually just a uh i would say half an act maybe yeah i know that part right and there's so much more to it that is something that surprised me about it is i I really expected the whole movie just to be this family of doppelgangers tormenting the real family by having that family of doppelgangers it's really cool too because every actor gets to play two roles yes yeah they play they they're playing against themselves a lot of times and Lupita Nyong'o does so great. It's her movie, dude. She, I mean, yeah, this is amazing. her movie. And uh, Jordan Peele said that she she was very method when she was the doppelganger. Oh, really? And that she would use the voice 
Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, you might. I, I don't know if they play it I don't know. in the trailer. I, but I didn't hear it in the trailer. The, the voice. You will know what I mean yeah. when you get to it. You, it is creepy. So she and was doing that like on set. She was set. doing it the whole time. She Ugh. stayed in character just that. She, it's, the way she moves is different when she's the the red character. Like she yeah, moves so her like precisely is much stuff. different. Yeah. I would say really everybody's physicality. Yes, is very oh, different yeah, when they're their other Winston selves. Winston Duke, uh, Mbaku from yeah yeah. I mean Black obviously Panther. also Lupita Nyong'o was in Black Panther, but right. Mbaku from uh, Black Panther plays just a dorky dad in he's this. Awesome, and he's so good. It's yeah. like he's doing an impression of. Uh, Jordan Peele, uh, like the voice that he does and stuff, but that's actually more akin to his actual voice, which is it threw me off when I saw him in interviews Mm -hmm. because I expect him to be Mbaku, yeah, exactly, yeah, voice. But he's got more of that Jordan Peele type of voice that he uses, and he provides a lot of our comic relief and stuff too. Which there's some stuff in the movie that is general, genuinely hilarious. But you have really funny stuff. You have to remember, even in spoiler free, since they're we're dealing with. Uh, a family of doppelgangers you got him light and carefree but then on the other side in that other family it's Mbaku it's the yeah. like it's the scary big uh, like fearsome tough, guy fearsome guy yeah. yeah the kids do a great job oh, too man. man and it's really easy it's really easy for a kid to get a free pass at acting badly because they're a kid right. you know mm-hmm. but no the kids are both freaking yep. awesome man. very good the daughter is excellent uh-huh. and again her her other self the way she personifies it, right, is really oh, great. She's so creepy. Yeah, she like I would say she she equals the creepy level at times of Lupita Nyong'o. She For doesn't sure. get as many opportunities and doesn't get to go as far. Yeah, but like she's so creepy. She, yeah, uh, her name is Shahadi Wright Joseph. She's okay. awesome. She's so good in this. Yeah. Another thing about this movie that I think that we got to point out in the spoiler-free portion of this is how incredible the soundtrack is. Oh man, the soundtrack is freaking awesome. There's a great, amazing, a great scene with "Fuck the Police" that. Oh yeah, yeah. Is just like it, it stuck out as pretty much perfect. Yeah, the soundtrack is a mix of original stuff, which yeah. is done by it's yeah. the same guy that did "Get Out," if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. Yeah. And the original music and stuff that they chose to put in the movie too uh-huh. was was really was really fun. Yeah, I think maybe, I think maybe a little distracting at times. Right. You know, just maybe a little like too on the nose with some of the original music. Okay. Or sorry, the uh, the licensed music. Right. But all the original stuff was like amazing, completely amazing. Uh-huh. Especially like during the intro, there's a slow pan out shot. Oh And there's man. that. It's like a choir. That music but it's is really creepy. haunting and weird. It'll remind man. you of. Uh, 70s horror type of oh, yeah. opening. Yeah. yeah, it kind of had like an omen sort of yeah. sort of feel to yeah. it. Yeah, there are really a lot cool. of homages in this. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're a horror fan, you'll catch some. You'll catch a whole bunch of them. But like, it's still so unique, so different. Cinematography's amazing. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, the acting movie. is good. Um, the writing is great. Again, I mean, Jordan Peele, he's obviously awesome at this. Yeah. He's been writing for years. I mean, it wasn't all horror movies. But he's been writing since Mad TV. He did Key and Peel. Uh, he's had movies he's written. He's he's good at this. Yeah, obviously. Um, I think it's it's uh, well paced, and they're they're good action lulls mm-hmm. that really get out a lot of the creepy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there there's a lot of exposition that sort of happens in the middle of the movie. Yeah, that uh, teaches us 
what's going on like why why this is sort of happening but even then it's still not entirely clear yeah but it it works because the action it's interspersed really well with the action and there is a good bit of action in this movie yeah there is yeah yeah the the movie changes tones i think very many times throughout the course of its of its run yeah the tonal shifts uh i liked them yeah you didn't seem to be too keen on it last night yeah yeah it's a it's the kind of thing where i get what he was going for some of it but some of it just felt like I was watching and I was like, oh, it's this kind of movie. Oh, wait, no, no. Now it's this kind right. of movie. Oh, it changed its mind. It's going to be this now. Uh-huh. No, it's not that anymore. Uh-huh. You know? And, and that can be that can be cool when it's done well, yeah. but in this, it felt a little little herky-jerky. I'll talk more about me. why I think it it is like that when we start okay. getting into spoilers, but uh, I think it worked. But but I see what you're saying. Yeah. It yeah, does yeah. do that, for sure. It says it, it's exactly as you're saying it is. But this movie, to me, it, it isn't perfect, and I can't really say too much about why not without giving too much right. away. But I will say, uh, at the end of our, our spoiler-free portion mm-hmm. here, it's worth seeing. Yeah, go see it. Yeah, go You're see gonna it. You're going to like it. I think it's it's really worth seeing in the theater yeah. with a big crowd. That was fun. And I want these uh, these studios and stuff to see dollar papers showing oh, yeah. up and being like, people went and saw his movie. Jordan, make right. more movies. Yeah, no reason for us to remake some movie from the 80s when we can just pay somebody to yeah. make a new or remake the grudge again again yeah. what the hell i don't know why that's happening yeah every dollar we spend folks is a reminder that you want them to keep doing something yep. every dollar is a vote it i vote that works. we let jordan make more movies so yeah go throw some money at this thing it's definitely worth watching yeah i i mean i haven't seen the figures in but it, it does seem from just articles, just from what's already happened, yeah. that ticket sales are pretty high. Already. I've seen a lot of Facebook posts and stuff today yeah. of people who have already seen it. You yeah, know, like one, on of opening a, night. Uh, one of our Dead and Lovely listeners has yeah. seen it twice yeah. already. So That's intense. That's intense, yeah. And it does warrant a second viewing. It does, yes. That's, that's the one thing that, like, even we're about to get more in-depth into it, but it still won't be that in-depth because... You need to see this movie two times, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, from here on out, while we're talking about story and meaning and stuff like that, I think it's worth saying, disclaimer, we've only seen it the yeah, one, one time. one time. And there's so much, like, symbolism oh, and yeah. meaning. Well, I know that I know that after yeah. I watched Get Out for the second time, it was just like, oh, man, yeah, completely so see much a different more thing to it, here. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that this one will probably be the same way, too. So this is just going... Off the cuff, first impressions, only seen it yeah. once less than a day ago. So, so if we miss some things or misinterpret some things, cut us some freaking slack. Right. We'll give you a refund on what you spent to listen to this. All right, now. Spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead. <laughs> Let's get in a little bit deeper on this thing and spoil it up. Yeah. And, you know, again, if, if you're still here and you haven't seen the movie yet, do stop listening. This movie yeah. will be better if it's it a is. surprise to you because it, it has is some going surprises. To be better. Yeah, there yeah. there's some good surprises. So, one of the main themes of this movie is abjection. Abjection. Now, abjection, as uh, defined by Webster's Dictionary. As de- no, <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to do that. But um, I'll let Lupita Nyong'o kind of explain it. This okay. is a quote from her. Where she doesn't use the word abjection, but this is pretty much the definition of abjection. Okay. Um, she says the darkness in us is something we project onto an other that we create. Okay. Um, and that that's a central theme of this movie is that um, 
there are these people called the tethered. The tethered. Who are, are, are doppelgangers. Doppelgangers, but essentially the opposite yeah. of the the person in real life. Right. So yeah. for these people uh, who are just this nice middle class family mm-hmm. on vacation, that means they're terrible. <laughs> the the tethered are horrendous people. Yeah. Um and so you get this guy like Winston Duke plays the dad who's this mild mannered dad jokey just happy, fun funny. happy dude and then the the tethered version of him is this bestial just 100% yeah, hulking like, skulking yeah. yeah really scary a really scary type of dude they went to a lot of lengths to, to do those opposites I was right. thinking more about more of those today where it's like the character that um uh, what's her name? Peggy from Mad Men. Oh, yeah. Elizabeth Olsen. Eli- uh, yeah. Oh, wait, she Elizabeth. Plays, or Elizabeth Moss. Moss. There Sorry. we go. Yeah, she plays uh, uh, Kitty. So, like, you know, th- they referenced early on in the movie that she just had, like, a facelift done. Right. And then, like, her other self loves, like, cutting her face with scissors. Yes. And stuff like that. Like, uh-huh. the, the son. Jason. Jason. Right. Like, he has this scary mask. Uh-huh. Another boy... Also has a mask, but it's to cover up the fact that his face, his is monstrous. actual face, is is monstrous. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, the tethered aren't fully explained. I'll get uh, more into abjection here in a bit, but I, w- I, w- I want the the tethered bit to be kind of clear. Yeah. Basically, what we see is that the older they are, the more unlike the tethered they actually are. So hmm. with the the young yeah. boy, he's actually still pretty similar to. The other young boy. They're both kind of wild and crazy, etc. They got a whole bunch of energy. It's interesting because they seem to... Their actions seem to have reactions with the tether. Yeah. So we see that with the mom, with Lupita Nyong'o, when she is fighting Red, her tethered version, that they basically know what each other are going to do. Right. We see it with the kid in the movie. He, He is able to kill his tethered... Because he finds out that his tethered will mirror anything he does. Right. Because they are so actually similar that there's no reaction. His actions are the reaction. So, like, they just do the exact thing but the opposite way. Yeah. Um, And so he's able to kill by using that knowledge to his advantage. But it also makes it real hard for the older ones because they're so separated. So different. Hmm. The reason for this is abjection. This is something psychologically that has been explained by uh, some uh, psychoanalytic thinkers like uh, Freud and Jacques Lacan, but also talked about by people like uh, Julia Kristeva and, and other feminist critics, where what we do when we're creating ourselves, like in our own minds, is we we create ourselves in the image of what we think is, is our best persona okay but we also while doing that we have this duality inside of us they're the things we're repressing by trying to be this person outwardly we're also trying to repress certain desires the opposites of those yeah the opposites of those things and so in this case what jordan has done jordan peele has done is that uh he's taken that idea and made that repressed that abject that mm. which is actually tends to be called monstrous. So that monster, he's made it an actual physical form. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. as as we age, as we grow, we learn to repress more and more and make more of an outward show of who it is we want to be 
and try more and more to cover up who it is we don't want to be. Gotcha. So with the tethered, the older they are, the less connected they I are. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. I hadn't really considered it that way. Yeah, but it does seem like the the older Yeah. The older ones are more set like that. Yeah. And so the objection uh, the the theory behind it seems all pretty well in place in here but what he does is uh, he takes it into the realms where people have looked at objection in regards to race and in regards to sex and things like that and what he he's i think bringing out is that uh we in this era where we're now reassessing how racist our country is and how sexist our country is and Mm -hmm. things like that in this era we have repressed the idea that those things are a part of who we are as a country okay and so the election of trump reawakened to us the knowledge that there is there, there are our doppelgangers. They're the people who don't have the same beliefs as us. They have the exact opposite, in fact. Sure. And that racism didn't go anywhere, and sexism didn't go anywhere. We've just been repressing it this whole time. Yeah, yeah. And so, in some ways, the tethered are sort of supposed to be, I think, Trump supporters, which yeah. is kind of supported by the fact that they wear red. Right. Uh, and there is a very specific line where they say, we are Americans, which right. seemed too on the nose at the moment but the more i thought about it i realized like oh like the the tethered version actually didn't have the knowledge of everything that's going on up on the surface surface and just sort of understood that like being an american was being somebody up in the world above ground Mm -hmm. so like by coming to replace them they're saying we are we are americans which uh you know is something that we hear a lot from trump supporters and and people like that that they are the real americans like they're the ones that's real america yeah and we're all you know in our little bubbles we don't understand what real america is i mean as far as i know it's hulk hogan he's a real american yeah drink your milk fight for the rights of every man say your prayers eat your vitamins yeah Boom, <laughs> brother, brother. But yeah, so that's why I think the tether. I think the tethered is in some way like talking about the more recent election, but also in other ways, just talking about how we we in general have done that for ever. We've always yeah. thought, oh, we're so progressive now. We've we've left behind those things of the past, and we, we've progressed. But by doing that, what we're doing is ignoring the fact that those things are still there. And we haven't defeated them. We haven't made right. them go away. We've just pushed them into the darkness. Well, and maybe to those to those things that you're talking about, they're probably very angry because they exactly. feel as though everybody has left them behind. Exactly. They yeah. feel like they are not a part of the world. And that's, yeah. A, that's yeah, so that's what the tethered, that's uh, in this movie, the tethered, of course, are rising up. Right. Taking over. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, yeah, they feel like. Also literally dividing the country. Literally dividing the country. Yeah, the hands across America. Literally. Thing. Yeah, that is real. I mean, like there are some. I, I said there's less like hidden political subtext in here than Get Out, but it's still there. It's still very there's still there. Still a good bit. Yeah, there. and I think that that everything that you're saying makes sense, even whenever you look at even the title of the movie. I think the title of the movie being called Us. Mm-hmm. There's actually a lot to that. For, yeah. For one, 
us it, okay it's spelled u.s yeah. as in like united right. states united states so there's there's that that's pretty on the nose uh-huh. But I was reading an interview with uh, Jordan Peele. He was on like NPR Fresh Air uh-huh. earlier today. You can find it on their site and stuff. Yeah. It's like an eight-minute interview or something like that. Yeah. But he was talking about, by definition, just the concept of us means that there's also them. Them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Them Another. Everybody yeah. who isn't right. us. And in society today, we tend to be so much more divided into camps of us and them. Right in 800 million different ways whether you're talking about i mean obviously the the red versus blue political fight is more vicious now than it's ever been we are easily more divided than we've ever been as a country well civil war okay yeah (laughs) in recent history yeah (laughs) that tops it a little bit bit, (laughs) but you know what i mean it's like by by saying us that means that there's also a them which is to say everybody that that isn't us Uh and i think a lot of this movie you could look at the difference between the above grounders and the tethereds as being any number of different things. You could say that it's Democrat and Republican. Yeah. One, one thing that that I thought about earlier today is there's actually a lot of red and blue in the movie. Yes, there is. Earlier on in the movie when they're sitting on the beach, that red frisbee lands right on that blue dot uh-huh. on blanket. It just covers up that dot. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. if you think about it, the the above ground family mostly wears blue. That's true. Throughout the, throughout the movie. They're mostly all wearing shades of blue. And, of course, the opposition is all decked out in red. Yes. So I think that that's very on the nose uh, politically to say. But this could also be about the divisions between rich and poor. I think that this true. is basically about any disenfranchised people. That is true. And you that could is... honestly put either of them on either side of the fence here. And so with it in mind that this movie, I think, could be commentating on, again, the haves and the have-nots right. in any scenario... Again, obviously, with the above-ground people being the haves and the tethered being the Mm have-nots. I think what it's also sending out is a very clear message to be considerate and respectful of whoever's on the other side. Like, if you're one of the haves, you should still be considerate and respectful of the have-nots. If you're on the blue team, you should be respectful of the red team. Because what we see is that all that it takes is for a leader with even literally barely any voice at all yeah to like unite that, that. to unite the disenfranchised right. people to come and destroy absolutely everything yeah you know once they have somebody in place telling them hey guys we need to fight this and rise up again just as we were seeing with uh, uh, Trump and a lot of people that right. support him and stuff just the minute you give those people a voice it's over for the rest of us right you know and it's because they were so marginalized and pushed yes, to the side. Exactly. You know? So I think that, and again, you could look at that as rich and poor. You could look at that as black and white. It's true. Whatever. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the movie is all about dualities. And, sure. Um, you know, even there are a ton of shots and mirrors or of people looking in mirrors and things Which is like, like that. very Shining-esque, isn't yes. it? What do you think about the use of the mirrors and stuff in here? Um, I mean, the... In the opening, she yeah. goes into a hall of mirrors and... It's like it, a spirit it, quest. Yeah, yeah, it plays so effectively because, you know, we're seeing her in the mirrors and she's getting a little worried and afraid that she can't get out. But then she sees the back of her own head. Yeah. And 
it, like, that, that, it was just right like there. an electric moment of what the oh, fuck yeah. is that? That's not what. That's not how mirrors um, work. You're not supposed to see the back of your head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody's supposed to see the back of their yeah. own head. It that that scene, man. Just that entire intro sequence. I swear, I was like fucking sweaty hands yeah. hair standing up on my arms mm-hmm. just unnerved because i was like what's about to happen yeah it feels bad whatever's it about to happen. it felt real bad and it got real bad now we were saying in the non-spoiler part that you should see this movie yeah. the second time and that the reason is because what we find out is that the tethered version of lupita's character which is uh, adelaide adelaide as a child was replaced by the tethered version of her yeah so the the one we're seeing now in all red that has the messed up voice, that is the, the real person one. from the surface. Yeah. The so it does say something about power dynamics where when she was the person above the surface, she recognized how much power that she, uh, she had in the real world to affect real world change. Mm. But because the those people that were you know underground. They, they had no way of knowing they could do anything in yeah. the world. They were so isolated in just these small tunnels. Yeah. And they had, like, that was all they'd know. Right. So they didn't see that there was more to the world. So, yeah, her getting then replaced and stuck down there, she had the vision. She knew that, no, there's more to the world than just this. Yeah. Um, and that that's how she was able to, to get them all together. And I, I wonder what that kind of says that like, like you said, like how little it actually took right to get to them to rise them. up. Yeah. yeah. Something interesting about the mirrors and stuff you pointed out too, is that it seemed like in the underground, there weren't any mirrors. Yeah. There, I don't think there were. I don't this think is there a were big either. point for me is that if they were living underground, never seeing their own reflection, yeah. this, this is a, I mean, in, theories about abjection specifically Jacques Lacan's work on the mirror stage we enter into the mirror stage of development when we see ourselves in a mirror when we recognize that we're yeah. not just the thing behind our eyes right but we're like a physical form in the world that other people see yeah and this that, is what other people are seeing right and that yeah. makes us think about how other people see us and then we begin the projecting right and so the people that live in the tunnels, if we're right, I'm pretty sure there were no mirrors in pretty the tunnels. Sure. Yeah. They never see themselves. Right. They had no concept of themselves outside of themselves. Yeah. And so that's why when we see them, you know, they can be ridiculous and uh, having fun in the same way that people up on the surface are having fun, but having just sort of opposite reactions to all of it mm-hmm. like they they don't recognize that they are something individual so they don't feel like they can break out of the mold of just being the tethered being right the opposite of what's happening up well, on the surface well that's something too that that is worth mentioning um and as far as you're talking about you know them seeing themselves for the first time yeah. i think that, that could say something very much about representation where there's a lot of people that don't feel represented right in movies, in politics, yeah. in business, yeah. or whatever. So it's this real thrill to see themselves being represented. I think right. that's part of it, too. Now, something that, that's worth pointing out, too, that at first kind of seemed like a, a big flaw in the movie to me, but then it's like after you, after you start thinking about it, it's like, okay, this could be very allegorical in a lot of ways, uh-huh. 
Seems like all those people down in the tunnels could have just took that escalator and left. Yes, they could have. Like there yeah. was, it was very explicit about, about well, showing us nobody was guarding it. There yeah. weren't like guys with machine guns at the door. The doors yeah. weren't even locked. But I think that's to say that these conditions that you're born in, yeah, you just believe you can't escape them. Yeah, there, there's no no outlook. There's no perspective. I think that it's also interesting that like. If they had gone up the escalator, the place they would come out would be a hall of mirrors. Right. They would immediately be confronted with themselves wow. outside themselves. Hmm, yeah. I thought like that, that might even be what keeps them down, down there. Down there. Yeah. The, the fear of that. And I think it is also necessary to view this movie as as allegory in, yeah. in so many ways because if you don't, you start realizing that there are just gigantic plot holes and things that just wouldn't make sense that would just fall apart oh yeah i mean uh, even going back to the jumpsuits it's like how did this how did this legion of Uh, voiceless non-verbal where did they get the cloth with no money like yeah where did that stuff come from yeah how did they uh, they all have gold like uh scissors yeah Yeah. where did those come from where did those come from yeah those are also too it's like if you're telling me you spend like 30 years planning this uprising Mm -hmm. And you have a bunch of people jump up on the surface that can't even talk. They just holler and make noises at each other. And they're running around and apparently successfully kill everyone with scissors. Like you're telling me that like against Chinook helicopters and drone strikes and armed military personnel. Right. That that would work. Well, I mean. That's that's, that's very silly. But again, it's all allegorical. It's in some ways like Night of the Living Dead where... in the opening, we get the concept that you don't want to kill a human being. Like, mm. that's the truth about all of us. Yeah. When you add in the layer that the human being that's trying to kill you looks exactly like you, yeah, it would make it harder to kill them. Right, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You'd be like, I want an explanation of this. So I can see why they would have the upper hand for a while. And all we see is that first couple days. Yeah. We don't see... Because, yeah, I think pretty quickly, because we see at the end, the final shots are like the helicopter showing up, sort of, I guess, filming this Hands Across America thing. So, yeah, we don't see the reaction the world's going to have, but I assume, yeah, as soon as the helicopters come in. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. they're done. As soon as somebody comes in with guns, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know, I think was also kind of intentional that they kept this gun-free. They made this yeah. entirely gun free. There, yeah. There's like no fire. There's a flare gun. Yeah. The, in one of the boat scenes. Which, yeah, by the way, the boat funny, scenes, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Tim Heidecker is in this Tim movie. Heidecker, like, I, and I didn't recognize him. It and was he, only like when we got home, I was like, who was that guy? Oh, it was fucking Tim. He's doing Eric. a little bit of comedy, but it's mostly serious. And it's like that specific moment is funny. And creepy because yeah. Tim Heidecker is being real fucking creepy. Yeah, and when there's the smoke and the red like, yeah. glare and stuff, yeah. and he's like skulking at him and everything. It's cool. It's cool. It's, it's really, really, cool. really cool. There's other problems too. I mean, it just seems like okay after we find out that red suit mom is real mom, right? Upper world mom is yeah. fake mom. It just seems like red suit mom at any point would have been like, "You fools, we switched. I'm the real one." Like at any fucking point. Right. Why wouldn't she just let that cat well, she was a, out of the bag? I mean, she was a child. Yeah. Like, she's not... Like, after the point that she is stuck down there, chained to a bed, by the way, that might have something to do with it. The fact that well, she was chained to the bed. Um, 
what like at that age i didn't know my address like, yeah i didn't know my phone number i would have just like what what would she do once she d- if she did get herself unchained from the bed what would she do and then after that point her development is all within that world mm-hmm. so i mean that's why it's interesting to me that like her memory of the world on the surface slowly erodes but all she has is that shirt is the connection Mm -hmm. and so that's the world she kind of reflects back on i guess so the world that she sees in that shirt Mm -hmm. and then she also has just like the issue of her throat her throat apparently got crushed i mean we see her get choked by the tethered version of herself so yeah. i'm assuming that her hyoid bone was broken came back so. weird and that's why she has the weird voice yeah but like her her comprehension of the world above would be the comprehension of like an eight-year-old or ten-year-old girl whatever she was at that age i suppose there weren't really books or anything right there, you she know? and yeah i mean it, it's essentially putting a child in solitary confinement at that point because nobody can talk down there. Sure. Like, oh, you come out an animal. Yeah, you sure. would. And yeah. she does. Yeah, she yeah. comes out insane. Let's talk about that voice a little bit. Yeah. I think I'm in the minority here because uh, it seems like everybody else has just been like, oh my God, the way that she talked was so chilling and yeah. unnerving and stuff. I didn't like the voice. I liked it. I it was like a it. big, it was a big risk. It was a big risk. It was. Take. Yeah. But you know, I guess the, the thing about it you know, initially I was like, uh, when we were talking about it at the bar, I was like, why was her voice all fucked up? Right. And you're like, oh, because she got her throat crushed. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. But even at that, it's like, I don't think her voice sounded like somebody whose voice box and stuff was damaged. It sounded like somebody doing a voice to me. Does oh. that make sense? Well, she, I mean, this is knowledge that maybe will change the way you look at it. She actually did do research on... Uh, people with voice box issues <laughs> well, shit. and worked with her ENT doctor oh, and wow. her voice coach to get it exactly the really? way it would sound. Well, fuck so, me, I guess. <laughs> it sounds like a voice, but that's exactly how it would be in real life. If you heard somebody doing that, you'd be like, why is he doing that voice? That's weird. Yeah, yeah. And they'd be like, my voice is that's fucked up. That's how my voice sounds. Cause it'd be, like, the, it'd be yeah. like me at your wedding when I had laryngitis and you're like, yes. you can quit with the fake voicing now. And I like wrote on my paper, I really have laryngitis. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so nice you guys let me do that all day. Yeah, whatever. It's it like, he's, ha- he's having his fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, another thing that I would say is, is kind of a kind of minor complaints about this movie uh-huh. to me is later on, we're down in the tunnels. We've got real mom, tethered mom. Right. And, Red suit mom. It's hard. It, it'll get confusing if I say tethered mom because right. she's not. Red suit mom uh-huh. has her big supervillain monologue, right? Where, where she, she explains, tells the whole history, right. which basically informs us that they're the remnants of a government experiment right. to, clone to control people. people through their tethered. Yeah, yeah. They're basically, putting one soul into two bodies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they thought they would be able to control the population better. Yeah. But then they abandoned the program network. because it didn't work. Yeah, exactly. To me, the movie would have been better without that explanation. Huh. Like, okay. I think it's just almost like too much information. Yeah. I would have just been okay with just like, there's a legion of other people among us living in these tunnels. Mm. And I've been like, cool, that's fine. That's enough <laughs> yeah. for me. Because also when you say, oh, the government did it, then you're like, and then what? They just abandoned it? They just walked away and just left all these people down there? 
not not out of the ordinary for our government to <laughs> yeah. abandon a program and fuck the people who are yeah, involved no in it. No but, doubt. Yeah. But, I, you know, I've been saying for a long time that I think that the way that things, uh, again, politically right now are mm. so rapidly, you are either pure blue or pure red. Right. That is a control experiment. Oh yeah, it's absolutely a control experiment absolutely. because you're I don't not, need to go all fucking conspiracy right because you're you're not like either if you're, you're paying them, attention to every fuck up they have yeah or you're accepting every fuck up you have right. because it's go team right exactly right. right and it's just easier to manage an entire population of people right. if you can put them into one of two boxes it is if there's in betweens and shades yeah. ah, that gets kind of sticky it sure does but if you can just divide everything into this or that it suddenly becomes very easy to manage especially if you right. make them enemies yes because then you get the pack mentality of one or and both and if you start talking about your followers taking up arms President Trump, <laughs> when he did that. Oh God! Remember, yeah. remember how Ooh. he's done that several times, yeah. and then people are like, "Yeah, it's not what he meant." Anyway, <laughs> let's not let's not turn this yeah uh, just Jordan Peele movie into a political rant, right? <laughs> but right. you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm yeah. saying it's a government experiment. Yeah, I, I just think it's too much, too much backstory. Yeah. He had a lot more mythology to it, and yeah. maybe. Uh, maybe with a sequel or not a sequel maybe something more like within the universe like because yeah. he did say and well he didn't confirm or deny whether get out in this or in the same universe but it seems like it's a possibility I've read some yeah. stuff that was like okay yeah the, the get out body switch right. thing that was, all is similar yeah, yeah yeah exactly it's like they figured out the clone thing didn't work yeah. But they figured out, oh, maybe we can do this. Yeah. So they, they both obviously involved the technology of extracting someone's soul. Yeah. Or someone's spirit and putting it into a different vessel. Or I wouldn't hate if it turned out that we found out like the same scientist or whatever yeah. was behind both. That'd be cool. Be like, I would oh. love that. I'd love it if I'd love if his next movie was a sci-fi movie where <laughs> we found out the history of that or something like Yeah. That'd be very interesting. A sci-fi horror movie about that. That'd be cool. Anything you disliked about the movie? Um, I know I kind of ranted a bit about stuff I didn't like yeah, about. I still I, like the movie a lot. I don't know that there was anything in particular that I disliked. I I was not clear at the end of the movie. Yeah. It took some research to get to a point where I felt yeah, like right. I understood it more. Yeah. Like, it like would with, take another viewing to really get it. So, like, right. I guess if my, my complaint would be initially the first half of the movie seems like a great horror movie and the second half of the movie seems like you're treading water in just like the middle of the ocean yeah and where the no fuck am i here going what's on? going on it's demanding of the viewer it's demanding it's of the viewer but i actually i love that i love that a good bit so i'm not there, i'm not saying it's a terrible thing but i can see why right somebody might well, be here's, here's a the bit thing turned off by and, and if we want to just compare it directly back to like get out again uh -huh. which again i don't want to I don't want to do much, but right. like the first time you watch Get Out, it's over and you're like, what was that about, Steve? And you're like, definitely about racism. Right. And then you watch it more and you're like, oh man, oh, I see so more much more. Yeah. yeah, it's about racism and blah, 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 yeah. blah. With this movie, it was like, what was it about? And I'm like, not sure. Not sure yeah. what this is about. Yeah. And then after doing a lot of digging, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's about voiceless people, right. disenfranchised people yeah. and, and all this kind of stuff. But it's like clear cut. I didn't really have much of a clue after the movie was right. was over. Yeah. You know, it really explores a lot of really 
interesting stuff, and I I can't wait to see it a second time. That's yeah. the, that's the thing is like last night after I watched it, wasn't that thrilled. Yeah. But now after thinking about it today, I'm like I really look forward to seeing it again. Yeah, I I think now closing it out, it's it's hard to give this like a a score. Yeah. What I would just say is go watch it. Go watch it for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, because I I need to see it again. I need to I need to look more into it. For me right now, though, it's definitely a watch, and it's very much enjoyable, yeah. and will definitely uh, uh, make you squirm a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you, I had an interesting reaction after I watched it last night, where it's like, after the movie was over and the credits were rolling, again, I wasn't initially like, yeah, I loved it. I was kind of sitting there in my seat like, mm. uh-huh. but at the same time, I was like, He's an excellent filmmaker. Right. Like, in my head, I was like, damn, that guy knows how to make a movie. Yeah, he does. Even if I didn't really like it that much. Sure. It's like, I'm still like, that guy is fucking talented. He's uh-huh. great at making flicks. But like I said, as I've thought about it more today, yeah, I've kind of come around to a lot of things. And That's even good. like I said, a lot of a lot of those little holes and stuff that I'm talking about are explained if you're looking at this as allegorical. If you're looking at this as a literal logical movie there's fucking clones in it a family's living in tunnels it's true that doesn't work if you're yeah. trying to look at this logically and they're all living on rabbit apparently which is impossible that's impossible yeah. yeah rabbit starvation is the mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. look it up you can't just eat rabbits yeah. all the time so definitely Sad. definitely worth seeing for sure yeah go check it out I enjoyed it well you guys let us know what you think about it in the comments section here if you're watching on YouTube if you're listening to this on your podcast app of choice be sure to rate and review takes us a long time making this show it just takes you a second to do some reviewing so please drop us some reviews on itunes or wherever you listen to shows and now where can they follow us on them interwebs at dead lovely pod on oh, instagram and yeah. twitter we have a facebook group dead and lovely or movie blah we blah blah you. um you can email us at dead and lovely pod at gmail.com we receive smoke signals telepathic messages oh yeah telepathic messages i just got that app yeah mm-hmm. carrier pigeons oh yeah 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 hogwarts school owls we've gotten a few those uh-huh yeah couple yeah. couple two trees mike, mike tyson should be the american hogwarts uh, ilvermorny he should be the the keeper of they should have pigeons instead of owls and yeah? he should be the keeper of the pigeon really well because he loves pigeons i didn't know that you didn't know that uh-uh mike tyson in his gigantic mansion keeps pigeons he used to keep them on the roof of his building what? in new york yeah that's wild. He should hang out with the pigeon lady from Home Alone 2. They'd be like so tight. I bet they do hang out. And the Tuppence lady from Mary Poppins. Oh my God. They all hold hands and sing Ebony and Ivory. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> ebony and Ivory and Ivory. And Ivory. Yeah. <laughs> ivory and Ebony and Ivory. <laughs> Sounds very like Irish when you do it that way. Ivory and Ebony and Ivory. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't very Irish. It was right. pretty good. It was pretty good. Thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to uh, stay tuned for another brand new episode coming at you here real soon. Yeah, yeah. I've been Ben. I've been Steve. You guys have been dead and, and lovely. lovely. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.